and welcome to the End Time Shofar channel. Uh, we'll be starting a series called Ghosts or Demons in Skies Part 1. We'll primarily be dealing with Bible, Word of God, and early Christianity teachings on ghosts to kind of lay the foundation from a biblical perspective and a Christian point of view. Uh, we know that it is the month of October, which millions and millions of people within this country celebrate Halloween. Now we know Halloween, the very origins of it is very demonic. Um, you know, during this month, people celebrate death. Yeah, people get dressed up in costumes as witches, ghosts, goblins, um, other type of creatures of the night, vampires. Um, they all come together during this month. Uh, actually, Halloween is a multi-billion dollar business, but we're not here to discuss Halloween. We're here to discuss ghosts. So let's go ahead and dive into this lesson of part one. So to set the foundation on this teaching, we have to, of course, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, which Paul states, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So a lot of times we look at things from a carnal point of view instead of a spiritual point of view that there's spiritual dynamics that work behind certain things within society that starts off in the spirit realm and manifest itself in the natural natural or the physical realm. So we have to be mindful of that, especially being as Christians, you have to be walking in the spirit and having discernment of what's going on in your surroundings. And we look at Ephesians chapter two, verse two, it says, where in times past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So Satan is the prince and power of the air, which he works in the children of disobedience. Those who don't know Jesus or Yeshua as their Lord and Savior are the children of disobedience. So he works in deception. He works on keeping people spiritually blind. There's a spiritual dynamic where, which we read in Ephesians 6 and 12, where his army has a certain arrangement or order to it, a hierarchy where it keeps mankind blind and enslaved into sin and not following the will of God. Now we talk about the prince and power of the air. Satan, a lot of things, how he uses satanic evangelism is through the media, through television, through the internet, through movies. All these different things help to indoctrinate people to a certain philosophies and a mindset which turns them away from the word of God to have them to believe a lie, rather the truth. So we see certain movies like The Conjuring or Paranormal Activity, 
all these popular movies that come out that have these paranormal uh, themes to it, people flock to it and they begin to develop interest in there and they don't know that they are being manipulated to having a certain mindset. Uh, even when we go even looking at pop culture and television with ghosts, we see certain reality shows as Ghost Hunters, uh, Ghost Adventures, just to name a few, but there's lots and lots of reality shows that are these ghost themes that people watch. Um, if people didn't watch these things, folks, they wouldn't even have these things on these programs. These um, these programs wouldn't even last that long. They'll be discontinued and cut off. And then that's it's the reason why television programming is called that for a very reason. It, it's a method of programming your mind and your heart for certain things to actually to believe in. Um, that's why you have advertisement. Um, most advertisement is dedicated during a TV hour. You have lots and lots of um, advertisement. You've been being bombarded by that with your mind to go and consume. That's another story within itself. So we move on. 60% of Americans claim to have seen ghosts. So we see um, foxnews.com uh, last year, October 11th of 2000. 18, they did an article called 60% of Americans claim to have seen ghosts. And some of the things that they stated is um, ghost children with jet black eyes, otherworldly green flashes, um, mysterious TVs, flickerings. These are some of the modern ghost encounters Americans have experienced according to the new research. 60% of those studies felt they had seen a ghost in their lifetime. In addition, more than 40% of those surveyed think that their pet has seen one too. So this is a popular growing belief in ghosts and having a certain perspective that's contrary to the word of God on the afterlife in between also to heaven and hell. Ghost is mentioned at least within the King James Version of the Bible, 108 times. Of the 108 times that the word ghost appears, is never used in the sense of disembodied spirit or someone who has died. The word first appears in the phrase to give up the ghost, meaning to die. Second, it occurs as a title of the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead of the triunity of God. So when you read the Bible, from the context of seeing the actual word ghost is never used as a human body or a human body who has been deceased and that spirit is released. It's not used in that context. It's used when somebody actually dies, they give up the ghost. They go to either a place of rest or a place of eternal or start of eternal torment, but they go to hell where they're tormented, which we'll get a little bit more into it a little bit later within this lesson. Now, the Bible refers to ghosts or spirits of the dead as familiar spirits and warns us against having anything to do with them. We can see that in Leviticus 
chapter 19, verse 31, Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verse 11. Now, when we look at Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verse 11, it says, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. In Leviticus 19 and 31, it says, Regard not them that have a familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord thy God. We go to Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19, it says, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have a familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? So these scriptures are giving you clues. God is, the word of God is warning you not to seek to speak to the dead because you're not actually speaking to the dead. These familiar spirits are demon spirits who disguise themselves as a loved one or you come in contact of some famous person from the past, let's say like Benjamin Franklin or George Washington, and they're communicating all these different knowledge and different things to you. That's not the actual person. That is a demon in disguise. And you also find this in regards to people who, quote unquote, come in contact with these alien reptilians or alien greys and they have these encounters with aliens. These are demons in disguise that are able to shapeshift, uh, polymorph into whatever image they want to project in order to deceive you. Now, we look at the Hebrew meaning for familiar spirit and wizard, we see Ob, which is a necromancer, a ventriloquist, as from a jar or a bottle or a familiar spirit. Yadanoni is a spirit that has knowledge humans do not. Properly is knowing one, specifically a conjurer or implication a ghost or a wizard. So when you look at these particular words, it's not referring to a person that once a human person once lived up on this earth who's now deceased and now floats around in the atmosphere or or hangs out within the house that they used to live in or occupies a certain area and they continue to be around being dead but being around um, speaking to the living you're actually encountering and having conversations with demons if you're actually experiencing this. Now, when we look at the true nature of familiar spirits and ghosts, um, in his book, The Secret Teachers of All Ages, famous Freemason philosopher and occultist Manny P. Hall had this to say. He says, the majority of modern minimistic um, apparitions are but elemental creatures masquerading through bodies composed of thought substance supplied by the very person designed to hold these discarnated or rafts of these discarnated beings. So Hall 
states a fact that these beings aren't departed human souls, but indeed the spirit entity is masquerading as that person's departed spirit. So you have these highly intelligent demonic beings that wishes to do actually deceive mankind will masquerade themselves and pretend to be these departed souls in order to dupe their potential victim. And then you have people that start inquiring to these spirits, like these psychics who speak to the dead. They're thinking that they're doing something that's really good, that um, they're saying things that may be true, but it's coming, the source of it is coming from the dark side, is coming from a demonic side. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So Satan's able and his cohorts are able to transform themselves into an angel of light. They're able to uh, masquerade and transform themselves into something that may be good. But the end result is their intentions are evil. Their intentions are bringing destruction, death, hell, and destruction upon unsuspecting individuals that they're seeking to devour them. So you have to be aware, the Bible says you have to be aware of the wiles of the enemy. Even people that are in church they have, Christians are starting to adopt a lot of these occult type thinking and philosophies and all because they're not sound biblically. And in a lot of churches, they don't even properly even teach you things. They teach you other things, the here and now and um, get rich and material things. And they're not really teaching sound doctrine. They're not really discipling the congregation that they're sound, that they have sound doctrine, or they come across something that's contrary to a biblical worldview that is a pagan occult worldview. They have nothing to stand on because they don't really understand the scriptures and they haven't really searched the scriptures. So you have to really be aware and be in discernment. Like, wait a minute. That looks like light, but that's not really light. That's an imitation of the light. Now, we're going to, this part of the lesson, we're going to kind of transition. We're going to look at some of the early um, Christian theologians on ghosts. Um, here's what Tortillion had to say. He says, you who serve stones, ye who make an image of gold and silver and wood and stones, and serve phantoms and demons. What Tortillian was stating that demons took on the guise of idols and nature spirits and phantoms in which Greek, in the Greek, it's ghosts. So phantoms, the word phantom in the Greek actually means ghosts. So here's Tortillian, he's telling you that these nature spirits and these phantoms are actually really demons in disguise. And then even when you look at witchcraft, 
they serve the nature spirits and sometimes people think within christianity um yeah black witchcraft and white witchcraft which is a total different subject that you get into maybe at a later date but they think that witches actually serve satan and witches will tell you we don't serve satan we we serve the goddess uh, we serve the nature spirits, but these spirits, again, they masquerade themselves on all different levels to deceive people into thinking what they want them to believe and believe things that are contrary to the word of God. Now, we go into uh, the Treaties of the Soul by Tortillian 1 and 56. He says, Souls who die prematurely do not have to wait on earth. Souls continue to exist whether their body is buried or not. Treaty Soul 157 by Tortillian, he says, Magic and sorcery are only seen to raise the dead. Only God can really raise the dead. The medium of the indoor could not have raised Samuel. It was a trick of her demon. Ghosts can't appear to people, only demons. So pretty much what he's saying is once a person is deceased, they either, especially in the Old Testament, they would either go down into paradise, the righteous, which we see um, when Jesus is telling us the story about Lazarus and the rich man, they either go to paradise or they would go to hell where their unrighteous was met with torment and flames and burning. Now let's look at the judgment of Saul consulting familiar spirits because Tertullian has a point that when Saul came in contact with the witch Endor, that it was a demon in disguise. And we know the story of Saul. He was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Um, and he offered up a sacrifice, which he wasn't instructed to do because he got impatient. And God rejected him as being king. And the, the Holy Spirit lifted off from him. And he began to be inflicted by demonic spirits and tormented and other things and all that caused him to be mentally unstable, which eventually led him due to the fact that, number one, he didn't want to listen to Yahweh in the first place. Number two, due to the fact that he had no prophetic direction, he ended up reverting back, or not reverting back, but reverting to the occult and trying to get occult knowledge to help assist him. So First Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13 through 14. It says, so Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. So couple of interesting things when people are seeking out the dead and not wanting to seek 
out the word of God. They're rejecting the word of God and they're seeking out demonic knowledge in order to help assist them. That's, that's what draws people to come to these psychics to give them information and all. And it's not the word of God because when you come, when you come to Christ, you have to repent of your sins. You have to acknowledge um, your sins and you have to submit to the will of God and to his word. Um, a lot of people, their flesh fights against that. They're like, hey, I don't want to submit to that. I, I want to do my own thing. Um, you're, in a sense, like very much in the book of Genesis chapter 3, two things that Satan says, ye should never die and ye should be as God. You're acting as your own God. Like, hey, um, I'm going to follow my, my way, my will. So this is what we see with Saul. He wanted to do his way. He wanted to have have it his Burger King way. He wanted to do it with his own will under the pretense, hey, God, I did this. And eventually it cost him dearly because um, after not seeking the word of the Lord, he began to seek familiar spirits, which eventually led to his death and battle against the Philistines. Also, too, he ended up committing suicide in the heat of the battle and being defeated. So here's a man that didn't want to obey the word, because when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 15, it says, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Early Christian theologians on ghosts and testing the spirits. First um, John four and one says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world." So, if you're coming into contact with these ghosts, departed loved one, you need to ask them if they believe that Jesus is Lord. That's a good litmus test to, to let you know that it is a demonic because a lot of times with these ghosts, they you're seeing these quote unquote um, spirits and what they tell you is so contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're, they're telling you things that's Eastern philosophy, um, Eastern mysticism, the occult, um, and they'll talk against the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they won't talk against Hinduism. They won't talk against um, Islam. They won't talk about any other uh, religion, but they do have a problem with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you use the name of Jesus, even if you have an encounters of these spirits that are tormenting you and you want to relieve yourself of it, you use the name of Jesus and see what happens. But you have to test, you have to test every spirit. Don't believe every spirit, even though they may seem like they know something about your past and everything and all, or have intimate knowledge, you have to always test the spirit 
And how you do that also, too, is by the word of God to make sure everything lines up with the word of God and never deviate from the word. So when we look at uh, Divine Institutes 4 and 27, it says, even the Greek gods flee when the name of Jesus is used. If a God is commanded to tell the truth, it confesses that it is a demon. If one calls up Jupiter or one or the other from the dead, they would confess they were men and not gods and that there is only one true God. The spirits that pretend to be them lie. Now we're going to look at um, Tortellian Apology 23. It says, Moreover, if sorcerers call up forth ghosts and even make what seem the souls of the dead to appear, if they put boys to death in order to get a response from the oracle, if with their juggling illusions they make a pretense of doing various miracles, if they put dreams into people's minds by the power of angels and demons who a they have invited. By whose influence to goat's tables, we'll stop right there. Goat's tables are more or less were used as somewhat like ancient uh, Ouija boards. And are made to divine, how much more likely is this power of evil to be zealous in doing with all its might of its own inclination and for its own objects? What does to serve the ends of the others, or if both angels and demons do just what your gods do, wherein that in the case is preeminence of deity, which we must surely think to be above all in might, will it not then be more reasonable to hold that these spirits make themselves gods, given as they do the very proofs which raise your gods to the Godhead, that the gods are the equals of angels and demons. You make distinction of places, I suppose, regarding as gods in their temple, those whose divinity you do not recognize elsewhere, counting the madness which leads one man to leap from sacred houses to be something different from which leads another to leap from adjoining houses. Looking on who cuts his arm in secret parts and under a different furor from another who cuts his throat, the result of the frenzy is the same in the manner of instigation is one, but though uh, but thus far we have been dealing and only in words, we now proceed to a proof of facts in which we shall show that under different names you have a real identity, let the person be brought before your tribunals, who plainly under demonical possession, the wicked spirit bidden to speak by the follower of Christ will readily make the truthful confession that he is a demon, as elsewhere he has falsely asserted that he is a god. Here's Treaties of the Soul 57 by Tortillian. It says, in case of an exorcism, the evil spirit affirms himself sometimes even as a god, always making it one 
of his chief cares to extinguish the very truth which is reclaiming that men may not readily believe that all souls remove to Hades and that they may overthrow the faith in the resurrection and the judgment. So this is a key point when you have actual belief in ghosts that once a person dies, they don't go to hell, they don't go to heaven, they just merely keep on existing or they either go to heaven or they still remain on earth. It destroys part or tries to destroy the belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ of the resurrection and judgment. So it's contrary to what the word says, what happens of you living an unrighteous life and eternal punishment. If you have this belief that the gospel is not true, the resurrection is not true, and you die and you still continue to exist, there's no judgment. That is doctrines of devils. And it's a way to deceive you to not believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And also, too, if you don't repent of your sins, that judgment is coming when you have to stand before a holy and righteous God on Judgment's Day, that you be judged and you be cast into the lake of fire. It's, it's a total different belief system. And even when you look at Eastern um, religions, like Hinduism, you have reincarnation and karma, and you keep on coming back and you keep on coming back um, to try to get things right and you continue to evolve. All this stuff is contrary to the word of God. It goes back all the way back to, again, Genesis 3, when Satan told Adam and Eve, ye shall not die. Surely you won't die. So that continues on. This, this is nothing new under the sun. All right. Do good people die and become angels? We look at psalm 8 verse 4 through 5 it says what is man that thou art mindful of him the son of man that thou visits him for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor now when we look at we talk about men becoming angels he made men or men Angels are angels, so mankind is made a little bit lower than the angels. But let's go to what Jesus had to say about the afterlife. Now, this is Jesus talking about the afterlife with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Luke chapter 16, verses 22 through 24, and then uh, we'll go... Um, from Luke chapter 16, verses 25 through 31. So in essence, we'll be looking at Luke 16, chapter 16, verse 22 through 31. This says, And it came to pass that a beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth 
Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he carried and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. So we see a rich man and we see a beggar. Lazarus is the beggar. This kind of destroys word of faith, teachings, and doctrines of name it and claim it and get rich and claim all the material things and all. Here you have Lazarus, which is a beggar, but he was a righteous man. And here you have a rich man. The rich man dies. And this is Jesus talking. Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. So he said that the rich man lifted up his eyes and he was tormented in hell. And then he saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham that was in, he was in paradise. So this also too, in regards to reincarnation, it wasn't like the rich man was to, to his karma and um, him um, having to learn his lesson coming back as a homeless person and all. He went straight to hell. So it wasn't like he was reincarnated as a beggar or he was reincarnated as some some person that was poor and destitute and Lazarus was reincarnated as a rich CEO of a company and all. We see once they died, they went to their different um, places of some for rest, some for torment. So we look at verse 25, it says, but Abraham said, son, remember thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that which would pass from hence to you, you cannot neither can they pass to us that you that would come from this. So this also too destroys the doctrine of pregatory where you have people who are quite not good enough to get into heaven, but not quite bad enough to go to hell. You're kind of like in a uh, intermediate position where you're in pregatory looking to try to get out. They went to their perspective or respective um, places of one having peace, the other, it's a gulf fixed in between. So once that's once you die, that's it. Either you go to heaven or you go to hell. It's either one or the other. It's, it's, it's not like an in-between place. It's not like you it's not like you do a certain amount of time in hell and then all of a sudden you for good behavior you get out and you're able to go to heaven. That's not the case in point. Um you're judged based on what you're doing why you're living on your time on the earth you're based on your faith your obedience to the word of god or your disobedience and your unfaithfulness and doing it not the will of god but your own will there's consequences for that so 
verse 27, he says, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. So again, we're talking about ghosts. Now, there's no way that they would send, Abraham was going to send some ghost to go back and talk to this man's father's house and his five brethren to testify to them about the place of torment. And you hear Abraham's response. He says, and Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. So you have the Torah, you have the actual, they have the actual word of God. They have the choice to either, you have, you have a choice, free will. You have free will to either choose to obey or disobey the Torah. He says, and he said, nay, father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So if they're not listening to the word of God, they're not going to be persuaded into coming to the truth. So this tells you about there is a real place of rest and there's a place where the righteous, those who live righteous before the Lord, they go to one place and those who live an ungodly, unrighteous life, they go to the place of torment. And even when you go to hell, hell is just a holding place until the total work of Jesus Christ is done and he's proclaimed King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he's done away with Satan and all the demons and all these fallen angels and they're cast into the lake of fire, which that is like you're doing time for the whole eternity in the lake of fire. Can the dead speak to the living? Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5 and 6 says, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished, neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Can dead people haunt houses? Job chapter 7 verse 9 and 10 says, And the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away. So he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him anymore. End result, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, puts it clearly on ghosts or the belief of ghosts is 
and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So man is appointed, all men and women who are born up on this planet, once they die, they die once. And after that is the judgment. So there's no reincarnation that you're coming back. You have these past life, you go through therapy, you have these past life um, regression therapy sessions. Um, you're not a ghost where once you die and um, you die and you're still, you're, you're a father and you still hang out with your wife and your kids, but you're a spirit and you're still communicating. You, you still stay in the house and you have your place to sleep. You go to a place where you're going to, eventually you're going to spend eternity, but you're not going to return back to this earth. So we have to make sure that even as Christians, as believers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we're fully aware of what the word of God has to say about this subject, about ghosts, and have a biblical worldview. When you come across um, people who have the certain belief systems, you have to be able to rightfully divide the word of God, be able to tell them the truth. I hope this lesson actually equips you. Um, take this to actually learn it, be able to talk to individuals that may have the belief of ghosts and may be involved in the occult or the new age and needs a Christian to come and be able to rightfully divide the word of God and break down the word of God to, to tell them the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, to expose them to the truth and turn them away from the lies of Satan. God bless.